Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. It's not about me. I'm not the leader of this movement. It's about all of the people who are coming together with me. It's about this community really creating change and everyone really stepping up and and creating action. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. If you're not conscious of the sustainability of your daily habits or the green efforts of your business, this conversation is going to open your eyes in a totally new way. It did for me. I met Manuela Baron at the Airy Real Role Model photo shoot. We swapped Instagram handles and scrolling her feed, I was obsessed with her mission and the way that she shows up online imperfectly for a cause that she's passionate about. She's a visual artist and a sustainability advocate, raising awareness for going green in a million ways. One of my favorite ways that she shares about in this episode is making art out of trash. This woman made a full mermaid tail and suit out of plastic bags, urging everyone to end pollution of our oceans by ditching single-use plastics. Beyond reusable water bottles and ditching plastic straws, what can we actually do? Like, how can we be more sustainably conscious in our lives and in our businesses? And more importantly, Importantly, why should we care? Manuela's mission is important and she's here to help us think and act a little more green. The best part is we don't have to be perfect. Are you ready for this one? Here we go. Thanks to The Real Real for supporting Gold Digger. The Real Real is an online and brick and mortar marketplace for authenticated luxury consignment for clothes, fine jewelry, watches, fine art, and home decor. Head to their website, app, or retail store and sign up for an account to receive $25 off your first purchase within one week. Additionally, get 20% off select items either online or in-store by going to therealreal.com and using the promo code REAL. 
Primally Pure is my go-to non-toxic skincare, and it totally changed the game for my skin. Not to mention, I can actually pronounce the ingredients. For 10% off your Primally Pure order, go to jennacutcher.com slash skincare. Okay, Manuela, we got to meet at this incredible shoot. We were just saying it didn't even feel like real life. Did you not feel like you were living in a movie? Completely. It just—it <laughs> still hasn't kicked in. I know. And we were all sitting around on the couches like off of the set and they'd be yelling like, quiet on the set. And we'd all have to stop talking. But you and I just got to connect in so many of those in-between moments. And I knew you would be the perfect guest on this show. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so you have such an interesting story, and I'm so excited to just learn more about it. So can you kind of share just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what your journey has looked like that's led you to where you are today? Yeah, so my name is Manuela. And wow, you know, if you would have told me a couple years ago that I would be an environmental activist, I wouldn't have believed it, like at all. And, you know, my journey really began not realizing what our planet had and what was going on. And so I'm actually Colombian and I moved to the U.S. when I was a kid and I always wanted to fit in. And I just, you know, when you're an immigrant, you want to have the same things that everyone else has. And so I kind of went on this journey of like chasing the American dream and consuming the same things that everyone around me was consuming. And I remember when I was little, I vividly remember asking my mom, can you buy me plastic water bottles? Because all the kids at school throw their water bottles away after lunch. And I want to be able to do the same. And my mom just looked at me like, who is this kid? And what are you doing? And so I kind of went so far away from environmental issues. And I took a journey to France. Right after school, I did what every 18-year-old dreams of. I moved to Paris. And it was there and being so far away from the U.S. and our consumeristic habits that I realized, oh, wow, you know, we are, we're leading to such detrimental habits. But there it was so simple. You know, you looked fabulous and you didn't have to have a closet full of stuff and you didn't need all this makeup. And I started traveling more. And as I traveled more and more, I started finding like the common denominator, no matter where I was in the world, was trash. I could be on the streets of Paris and there were cigarette butts. I could be in Morocco and it was like plastic saran wrap. I could be in Vietnam and the rivers were just polluted with trash. But I kept just blaming everyone else. I was like, ah, this government, how dare they not clean up or have a better trash system? Or, you know, how dare this culture not take care of their oceans? I kept just finding someone else to blame. And I was on a flight back home. And it was one of those long haul flights. And if you've ever been on a long haul flight, you know, they're so drying, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kept asking for water. It's like every time I see a flight attendant, I'd be like, excuse me, ma'am, can I have a glass of water? And then she'd come by and I'd be like, excuse me, ma'am, can I have a glass of water? You know, then in the morning, they came by and picked up all the trash because it was a night flight. And I had... I kid you not, a stack of maybe 18 cups of water, plastic cups of water. And it was that visual of seeing, okay, only a couple hours in a flight and I consumed this much that I realized that I was part of the problem and I needed to be part of the solution. And that started this like rabbit hole of going home and trying to see like, what was I consuming? 
And I started going through my trash and looking at like, oh my God, I use 25 cups of yogurt in one week. Like who eats that much yogurt? Like, is there a better solution for this? And that started my journey of sustainability and then just finding ways that I, as a normal person, I didn't study environmental science. I didn't go to school for this. I don't have some fancy expert title, but it was I, as a normal person, how can I reduce how much I consume and how can I have a positive impact on our planet when the norm is to have something so negative? And that kind of kicked off this Girl Gone Green adventure that has been this beautiful way to connect with community and share what I learn and just inspire people to take small actions in their lives too. So when did you start Girl Gone Green? Like how far into your journey did you start this? And what has that looked like as you've kind of shared this transformation with the world? So it was very early on. So I went on that journey to Paris, I think in 2014. And that was kind of what sparked it all. And then I came back the following year and I started it. I wasn't perfect. I had no idea what I was doing. And I started the Girl Gone Green as just a way to document what I was doing so that later I could show like my friends and family and get excited or also connect with community of other people who were interested in this. Because all of a sudden I got just obsessed with plastic and trash and no one in my life understood, right? Like everyone's like, let's go shopping on the weekend. And so I wanted to find a community that also cared. And so that's originally why the Girl Gone Green started. And then it kind of spiraled into, I was in college, I was taking a public speaking class and they said, like, you talk about a topic you're really interested about. So, of course, I did trash and plastic. <laughs> so I give this, I don't know, short five minute speech on plastic. And then afterwards, someone emails me and they're like, hey, I was sitting in the audience of your public speaking class. Can you do this in two weeks at a TEDx event? And I was was like, what? I was 19. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, what? It was such a short turnaround too. I was like, okay, sure. Like, why not? And it was just, it was a TEDx event at the university. I didn't know anyone. I had just transferred to this university. I literally had been there maybe a month. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this talk on plastic when I've been doing this plastic free living for about a month. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And it went so well that afterwards, all these people in the audience were like, well, how do I do that? And what do I do? And what about this? And they started asking like, well, what about, what about my snacks? And what about this? So it became kind of out of necessity to answer people's questions because I was a full-time student and also working full-time and saying, okay, well, I can't answer every email I get or every comment that I get. How can I do this on a bigger scale? So I started making YouTube videos and that <laughs> led to a journey of, of falling in love with education and and communicating these issues. And then myself learning, I had to go through a lot of kind of this, like, I'm a a kinesthetic learner. So I have to go and actually experience it to then be able to share it. So I went to Asia and I went on the ground with like palm oil and what was going on in Malaysia. And I went to Bali during the plastic emergency, their trash emergency, like pounds and pounds of trash were just like washing up ashore. And I was able to talk to the locals. And then I was able to share that information in a more like, easy to digest way to my followers and to just people back home. And I think that's the beauty of social media is to be able to connect and find out about issues you had no idea about. When did you realize that this was like a movement and you were leading? it? (laughs) Like it wasn't just an experiment. It wasn't just a passion. Like you started this movement. When did it hit you? 
Honestly, even if online was growing and people were like sharing testimonials with me of how this was affecting their life, it didn't hit until it started affecting my real life. So I was working like a corporate job and I had my coworkers were incredibly wasteful and we would do these seminars and they would have two options. You could either have the to-go coffee cup or a mug. Now we're sitting in a conference for two days straight and we're not leaving that room, right? Like it's very easy to take your mug and keep the mug the whole day. But the norm at these seminars was everyone took the to-go cup. And so I would go to these events and go to these events and be sitting there at work and watch my coworkers like print and print and use all this waste. I was like, all right, this is never going to change. And about a year later, I was sitting, it was like my last few weeks at the company and I was looking at my left and I realized, oh my God, my coworkers drinking out of a real mug. And I looked to my right and I realized, oh wow, here's my coworker eating snacks out of a reusable snack bag that he refilled at home and brought to work. And it was like those moments where you realize, wow, everything you do has a ripple effect and you don't see it all the time, but it's there. Like people are noticing. And I had never shown up to work and said, hey guys, we're going to go eco-friendly and this is what's going to happen. I'd always just shown up super unapologetically me. So I would show up with my own mason jar full of green juice from like the shop across the corner. Like I would show up with my own lunch. I would bring my own utensils. I would just show up me and and really living by my values that all these people around me started noticing. And that was really the shift where I realized, oh, wow, what will they do when they get home? Will their kids start noticing? Will their friends notice? And what about my followers? Are they going home? A lot of my followers are are that age where they're kind of becoming young moms. And I always think like, how are they raising their children now? Like with this consciousness, how is this new generation going to come about? And it was like a lot bigger than I expected just because it's not about me. I'm not the leader of this movement. It's about all of the people who are coming together with me. It's about this community really creating change and everyone really stepping up and creating action. Mm, That's so cool. And it's just cool how impressionable even adults are. Like sometimes we think you can't teach an old dog new tricks and it's like, no, no, we can totally. And just by being ourselves and influencing. I love that so much. Yes, completely. I mean, my dad, my parents are incredibly supportive, but you know, they didn't get it for many years. And my dad's friends, they're like 60 and they'll come over and they'll be like, Manuela, Manuela, I brought my own bag to the grocery store. (laughs) Like, good for you. And he's like, Manuela, Manuela, I bought a large Coke instead of a small Coke. (laughs) Like to like, you know, a large bottle instead of all the individual bottles. But like, it's really sweet. They're like really small changes, but they do have an impact impact. Okay. So before we talk about just small changes that we as humans can make, can you give me some statistics or numbers or figures that will just kind of help set the stage for this for all of us? Mm, Girl, the thing about sustainability, it's overwhelming. When we talked about it earlier, you can get really overwhelmed with how much is going on, right? Because there's all of these different issues. So one of my focuses is plastic pollution. And I could sit here and tell you how, you know, we use 2 million plastic bags every minute globally, or we can, you know, how there's so much plastic in the ocean that there's going to be, you know, more plastic in the ocean than fish. Or I could sit here and tell you how we're running out of sand for construction or the fact that our recycling system's falling apart or all of these things that are really scary when you think about them because you feel like you don't have an impact. Or I could switch the conversation and say, you know, 4 million people 
went to the street and striked for climate change with Greta Thunberg in September. Four million people said that they care about climate change and they went out to the street or how like so many different countries like France are banning single use plastic or how there are like amazing environmentalists all over the world that are risking their lives for like soil and composting. And so I never like to focus on like the negative things because the reality is we all kind of know. Yeah. We all have seen those like sad turtle videos on Facebook where you're yes. like, oh no, like, you know, you've seen those whales wash up on shore with like pounds and pounds of plastic. So it's not about like that. It's rather how can we actually do something? Hmm. Like how can that. we realize that this is all like adding up, but we have the power to change and, and change ourselves first. And that like, similar to my work uh, story, like it changes the people around us. One thing that really just stood out to me when we met and it was so cute, but you were just saying like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be perfect. Cause I feel like when we start to think about this, like we start to just look around at our world and the way that we're living and, you know, just our habits that we've adopted without even acknowledging or really thinking twice about. And I love how you make sustainability approachable and you don't necessarily hold people to this standard of perfection but just this standard of like moving forward and connecting with the change. Can you just give like some really easy examples of ways if somebody's listening to this and they're like feeling like maybe convicted or maybe feeling guilty, <laughs> like how can we flip that conversation to feel empowered? Yes. Well, I first want to just share my story yes. because when I first started in sustainability, I have a very all or nothing personality. Like I am obsessive and I will jump right in. And I thought that I needed to be perfect. I went fully zero waste. I was like fully vegan. I did everything you needed to do to be like this perfection environmentalist. And it started to kill me because I realized like I wasn't drinking enough water because I didn't have access to clean drinking water for a while when I was in Asia. Like I wasn't eating enough because I wouldn't eat anything that came in plastic. I wasn't taking care of myself because I was so passionate about something else. And so what I always tell my followers and what I always tell my friends is that you have to take care of yourself to sustain your message. You have to sustain yourself to sustain your message. And people will get so focused on like, well, I need to do this. Well, I need to do that. It's like, it will come naturally to you if you just take small steps. If you just ask yourself, okay, well, how can I be more sustainable today? How can I live more consciously today? Because it's not going to look the same day by day, especially you, Jenna, with being a mom, you know, yeah. it's so different this year than it was last year yes. because your life is always in flux and sustainability is too. So I always see like, okay, if you are just going through your life consciously and with intention and you are trying your best, whatever your best looks like, it's going to have a big impact. So the way that I always see like that people should start is similar to the way I started back in the day, which is to audit your consumption. I think a lot of people don't realize how much they consume, but similar to if you don't know your spending habits, you can't really create a budget. If you don't know how much you're consuming to begin with, you don't really know how to reduce it. 
So a good thing is just like be conscious for a week and say, huh, every time you go open the trash can to put something in, like, what are you throwing in? What material is that? Do you see a theme? Like maybe you're consuming a bunch of snacks. Could you buy larger quantities of snacks? Could you buy them in bulk? Could you buy them plastic free? So once you kind of do that, you can figure out what it is you want to reduce. And then also establishing your non-negotiables. I think it's important to say this because you know, you feel like you have to change everything about you, but maybe you love a certain snack or you love your, you know, lotion at night and that comes in plastic. That's okay. Find other ways that you can reduce what you're consuming and find kind of sustainable swaps in other areas of your life. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. I think a lot of people get scared because they think to be an environmentalist, you have to be perfect. And then like, a shoeless hippie living in the woods. <laughs> but like the reality is that's not sustainable. Like right. not everyone can do that. So asking yourself like, okay, what are some areas you can tackle? Maybe yeah. that's your toothbrush. Maybe you can swap for a sustainable toothbrush that's made out of bamboo. Maybe you can install solar. Maybe you live somewhere like I do in Florida where the sun is abundant. Maybe you don't. Maybe you live in Seattle and that's not the case. So finding the right fit for you and the swaps that you can do. And then lastly, just being intentional and really being intentional with every purchase you make. I always say that you're voting with your dollar. And so every time you buy something, you are telling this corporation, you are telling the government, you are telling our world like what you want to see more of. So you have that ability to create change. So when you go about your day, when you go about raising your children or your business decisions, like if you keep that in mind, it really has a long-term effect. I think that's so inspiring and, and it's convicting in a good way, like not in a bad way where you're like, wow, like I don't even think twice. What was the biggest thing that you were shocked by about yourself when you started to look at it? And what was like a hard swap to make for you? Oh man, I said the yogurt. So now I'm vegan, but at the time I wasn't. And you know, I was 19. I hardly ever even knew how to like properly nourish myself, but I ate all of these yogurt cups all the time. And it was my go-to snack. It was my go-to breakfast. Sometimes it was my go-to dinner. And I would open these bags and it would just be yogurt cups or like cheese cups or whatever it is. It was all these like single wrapped plastic, which later I realized, oh, I could buy a larger tub and it reduces how much plastic. Now the tub still comes in plastic, but it reduces how many of these individual tiny like plastic things with the plastic rims around it. I was consuming. And then later I found glass alternatives and then I ended up cutting out yogurt from my diet. But there were always something I could do to minimize it, even if it was just a little bit. It didn't have to be perfect. I was still consuming plastic, but it wasn't like this huge, massive change in my life. It was just like a little, little tweak. I love that. I feel like that feels attainable. And like, then you can keep making these little tweaks that can lead you further on the journey. I think that's so smart. Exactly. And, and it adds up, right? Like I did that little tweak and then I ended up moving to a smaller space. Then I ended up buying my furniture secondhand. Then I ended up reducing how much meat I consumed. Then I ended up going vegan. Like I never wanted it to be like, you have to do this all at once. Yeah. Like I never preach to people, you need to go vegan. Like I always say, eat more whole foods. 
That's it. Yeah. Just eat more whole foods. If you eat less packaged things, you're eating less things in plastic. You're probably eating less meat. You're probably like consuming less because you're eating more whole foods and it's good for you. <laughs> like You feel great. The more whole foods you incorporate in your diet, the better you feel. So it's not about waking up tomorrow and saying like, oh, I have to change every single aspect of my life. But again, rather being like really intentional about how you're going through your day. I want to know if your biggest sustainability dreams came true, what would that look like? Like, what is like your vision for, say, Conley's generation? Mm, I wish they realized that they have the opportunity to create change because most people are stuck with like, oh, someone else will do it. Someone else is going to fix this instead of realizing that they can fix it or they can contribute to this issue or they can make changes or I just wish people felt empowered because really ultimately we're all the ones creating this problem. And if we weren't consuming at the rate that we are, it would stop. Or if we were choosing alternatives, more alternatives would be on the market. And they are like, it's beautiful. In the last five years, I've seen things change so much. Like, keep in mind, I did this back in the day when it was weird to bring your own straw. When it was like, why are you using a mason jar? Like, who are you, hippie? (laughs) Now it's like cool and trendy and all over Instagram. But like at the time, people were like very confused by me. So knowing that like you have the, the opportunity to do something. Paying full price for things when I could pay up to 90% off the retail price just seems silly. I'm not a designer sunglasses or fancy Italian handbag kind of girl for that reason. But then I learned about The Real Real. At The Real Real, you can shop and consign luxury clothing for men and women, accessories, handbags, home decor, fine art, and more. Find items up to 90% off retail from top brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, you name it, it's there. The Real Real is a leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment with new arrivals coming in daily. Every item undergoes their rigorous authentication process, so you're not spending money on something that turns out to be a knockoff. You can also visit one of their stores in person in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, the newest New York City location at 870 Madison Avenue and the original NYC store in Soho. This kind of luxury shopping is something I can get behind because it's sustainable. It's way more affordable than buying brand new. And you might even find those hard to get past season styles in stock for way less than retail. Head to their website, app or retail store and sign up for an account to save $25 off your first purchase within one week. Additionally, get 20% off select items either online or in store by going to the real realreal.com and using the promo code real that's $25 off when you sign up and an extra 20% off select items with the code real at the realreal.com or by visiting their retail stores this episode is made possible by you and my favorite non-toxic skincare primally pure i'll be honest before our miscarriages i didn't really care what chemicals were going on or in my body but once i started to really dig into things i was shocked I also had this belief that natural stuff just couldn't work as well. Now, as I slowly transitioned, I became obsessed with reading labels, knowing that I was treating my body with the ultimate respect. And I started to fall in love with the natural sense and the feel of the products and the way that I felt when I used them. Consider me a completely converted skeptic. I've been using the clarifying serum just like five drops a day for a few months and my skin is breaking out way less. It's noticeably brighter and it's helping me keep inflammation down. And Primally Pure Cleansing Oil, it absolutely changed my skin in the way that I thought about skincare. It felt kind of counterproductive to cleanse with an oil, right? 
wrong. It feels like magic, but really it's non-toxic skincare that not only does the job, makes my evenings feel kind of like a little spa getaway. For 10% off your order, go to primallypure.com and use the code JK10 or learn all about my favorites at jennacutcher.com slash skincare. Okay, so let's talk about trendy because I was thinking about this as I was thinking of you. And I'm like, I mean, it's kind of amazing that at least people are becoming more aware. Brands are becoming more aware. People are buying into the notion. But what's something that maybe makes you cringe or that is like kind of misconstrued with like the Instagram generation that we're in? Oh my God. Thank you so much for asking this question because I, so as someone who kind of started off in the zero waste movement, all I see right now is like perfect Pinterest looking homes that are like super eco-friendly and they're just telling you to buy more. Yes. So you can't be eco-friendly. Yeah. You can't be eco-friendly unless you have metal straws. First off, who even uses straws at home? I think we've all survived (laughs) our entire life without straws. Like I know very few people who had plastic straws at home, right? Like it's not a thing you buy, but now it's like you have to have plastic straws and you have to have this and you have to have these things and this special thing. And I get my email is bombarded with consumerism. Yes. It is sustainable consumerism, but it's still consumerism. And I guess like for me, the Girl Gone Green has always been based on minimalism and how we need to reduce our consumption first and then, you know, tackle how much plastic or what we're using. But I much rather you just buy less and have those few things that you're buying be not sustainable than you buy all of this unnecessary sustainable stuff. Like, do you really need some cover for your bowl or some special saran wrap that's like beeswax? Like all of this stuff is it's not really necessary. Like our grandma used to put a dish over your bowl yeah. and put it in the fridge. <laughs> like That's it. Like we don't need all of these little fancy things, but it is it's become a trend and it's become another form of consumerism, which it's hard because it is also exciting because it's going to more people and more people are being interested in it. But you have to wonder like what happens when the trend is over? Yeah. I battle with this, like being candid. I battle with this a lot as a quote influencer. And I think a lot of times we feel this pressure to go all or nothing. And it's like, how about instead of buying slow fashion, you just rewear your fast fashion instead of throwing it all away and starting fresh? Why don't we just, you know, use the things that we have? And and I battle with this a lot because I'll be honest, like being an influencer is promoting consumerism, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's part of our job. And I feel like I try to do a really good job because we are quite minimal humans as well. And that's what we try to live by. But it is kind of this trend where it makes you feel like you've got to just like rip the bandaid off, get rid of all the bad stuff. And it's like, we'd actually probably be a little bit better off if we just used the stuff that we already have versus trying to get it all donated or thrown (laughs) away and starting clean. And I, I see that all the time. And I feel that desire in myself sometimes Mm -hmm. where I'm like disgusted by myself. And then I'm like, well, let's just get rid of it all. And it's like, wait, no, that's like part of the problem. Yes. My favorite is when I get emails from people saying, what do I do? I have all of these shampoos and plastic. I go, you use them. You use them. them. And I think I'm I'm grateful that you, you brought up the term of influencer because it is, you know, I see so many influencers you know, you get sent a lot of free things. You get sent yep. a lot of things. Yep. And there's this 
push to in the influencer world and, and maybe some of your listeners to not rewear outfits in your photos. Yeah. Have you noticed that? And oh, you'll see all these influencers just like go through clothes so quickly. And again, and then you as a person at home who lives a normal life and I don't know, Alabama, you're like watching this and you're saying, do I need to wear a different outfit every single day? When really yes. they're just getting free boxes of clothes and they go through them. So it's like, I would love to see influencers and it would be so refreshing to see them say, hey, remember something from last season? I'm wearing it. And I paired it with something from this season. How amazing. Sustainable fashion. But I agree. I don't buy sustainable fashion because it's not affordable to me. And I don't have the budget for it. So I buy yeah, secondhand. It's 22, isn't it? So expensive. And so it's like I buy secondhand clothes. And most of the clothes that I buy is fast fashion. I buy it secondhand or I get it from my friends. But the reality is not everyone can afford to go buy all these fancy things, but they shouldn't have to. You probably have a lot of cute things in your closet. You know, just go through it. Shop your own wardrobe. Let's make that a thing. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I've done capsule wardrobes in the past where you pare down your entire wardrobe to like 30 pieces and that's like everything and you just mix and match. And it's been beautiful because when I've done that, I've been super intentional about the items that I've bought because I'll, I'll see the gap and I'll be like, okay, I need like a white button down shirt or I need this kind of jacket. And those seasons that I've done that in, those are the pieces that I still own and wear years and years later because they were such intentional mm -hmm. purchases. And I feel like especially coming out of the holidays and, you know, your email inbox is filled with all these things. I find myself unsubscribing because it's like, if I didn't think I needed to buy that, why did I need an email to remind me to buy that? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yes. I didn't actually need that in the first place. And I love email marketing. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. But a lot of times with consumerism, it's like these really brash decisions that we make that I feel like, you know, when I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> right. And I love how you said it because that's the key is to be intentional. You know, you can yeah. buy something beautiful from a fast fashion company, but maybe you think about it for a week. Maybe you've yeah. been wanting it for a while. Maybe you think, oh, this is the item that's going to fit perfectly in my closet with X, Y, Z. And it's not just I'm buying this to fill this void or I need this materialistic item because I need to, you know, feel like I'm this beautiful influencer. I would love to change that conversation and have those more intentional approaches to social media. Okay, I have a, such a random question. Have you yes. ever seen magazines where they have like a celebrity's purse dumped out and they're like, here's what's inside of their purse? Have you ever seen those things? I think so, yes. Okay, so I want to know when you leave your house... <laughs> what's inside of your bag? Like what kinds of things are you doing to just prepare to consume less when you're out and about in the real world? Yeah. So I'm a total minimalist. So I actually try to reduce how much I carry with me on the road. A lot of like sustainable people will bring like all of this fancy gear with them. I try to avoid doing that. So I always have a water bottle with me and I really yeah. like water bottles that are also insulated so you can get your coffee in them. So I really like the swell bottles that are wide mouth. I think those are perfect because you can get your coffee, but you can also get water. So if you're somewhere, you, I got you covered. And they're also like the perfect size that if you end up at lunch and you couldn't eat all your food, you can empty it out and you can put your food in it. 
Anyway, we're so smart. <laughs> yes, right? Like we never think of leftovers, but like most leftovers no. come in styrofoam containers. So like yeah. it's like a worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario, I put it in my water bottle, but you know I could bring a Tupperware and I could bring all this fancy stuff, but that stuff just takes a lot of space, and I don't I don't like my purse to be heavy. But I always sometimes, if I know I'm going to eat out and I know that it's going to probably have like wasteful utensils or plastic utensils, I'll bring a fork with me. And you'll see it on Instagram. People have like fancy bamboo ones. I had one. I lost it because fun fact, (laughs) fancy bamboo ones look like disposable ones. And so people will throw it away. (laughs) So now I just bring a a metal fork with me, like one of the smaller ones. And that's it. Like it's very simple. If I'm going out to the store, I'll bring my reusable bags. If you have a habit of forgetting your reusable bags, put them on your door handle after you unload the groceries. And then as you're walking out, you'll grab them or put them in your car or do whatever you need to do so that you remember them. I like ones that like they fold up into like a small pouch. I don't know if you've seen those. We have one and it's the best. They're so convenient. My mom calls them the magic bag and she keeps it in her purse. And she's like, oh, wait, I have a magic bag. Um, But just like keep it simple. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to be carrying around all this stuff, but you want to have a few things that will help you be more eco-friendly. And I think, you know, having a water bottle, maybe bringing your own fork somewhere, all that stuff will really add up in the future. Okay. So you kind of do some consulting for like larger companies and brands and things like that. Are people more receptive these days to the message you're spreading or are you still getting a lot of pushback? What does that look like? So there is a huge shift towards sustainability and businesses are changing and consumers are changing. And right now, especially the generation below me, the ones who are growing up with Greta Thunberg, they love sustainability and they want businesses to be more sustainable and they're totally all in. But then you also have people who will nitpick and they'll say, well, you did this one sustainable thing, but you also use email. So how dare you? Or like you did this one sustainable thing, but you also ship. So how dare you? So there will always be backlash and they'll always, you know, sustainability isn't a one size fits all. It's going to be completely unique to the person, to the business, to the situation. You know, every time I think, oh, this is sustainable. Like I think veganism is sustainable. And then this other statistic will come out about how it's not, you know? So at the end of the day, like I think there is a moving trend and shift towards consumers demanding and wanting sustainability, but there will always be like, you know, a little bit of backlash here and there from people who are stuck in their ways. <laughs> yeah. God bless them. We're all a little bit stuck, aren't we? Yes. I want to know what project are you most proud of in your career? Because when we were getting on this show, you're like, this is my new normal. Like, it's <laughs> You didn't expect this to happen. This no. is new and evolving. And there's these new opportunities being presented to you. And like... I just want to know, like, first, what are you most proud of in your career Mm -hmm. right now? Well, so about a year ago, I started making art out of trash. And, you know, it was one of those things where I always felt that to be an artist, you needed to go to art school or have like artsy parents or have this education. And I just, I was frustrated. I was really frustrated with sustainability. I was frustrated with like my local government and they weren't paying attention. And I thought, okay, like what can I do to like physically do something? And I started making these like fashion pieces out of trash. 
it's been the most fun thing I could ever do because not only is it related to trash and sustainability, but it's like a physical thing that I can like sew. And I like, I get really into them and I'll like stay up all night sewing plastic bags to look like a mermaid and, and just really fun projects. And it was one of those things where I love being able to share it because it's so visual. So the people who stop and look at it normally aren't the people interested in sustainability. They'll just say like, wow, that's a really beautiful dress. And then they'll read the caption and realize, oh, wow, that's made out of discarded magazines. Like that is so cool. And then they'll read the message and say, huh, you know, I had never thought of that or I had never been interested in it. So having like a visual to be able to, to share what I'm passionate about without having to like preach to people, being able to, to reach a new audience. And I think that's the beautiful thing with this Aerie project is also being able to reach a larger audience and be able to talk to Sally who has no idea what sustainability is. And she likes her Starbucks frappuccinos and say, Sally, you can still love your frappuccinos. Just bring your own cup. You know, like that is something that I'm really, really interested in doing next year and just diving into something completely unknown because art was not something I was used to doing, but it's been really fun challenge and challenging me creatively. I feel like I'm visualizing. Do you ever watch Project Runway? They are literally Project Runway. Okay, because I'm like, I'm like, this is like the unconventional challenge. Yeah, no, literally, lived out. That is how I feel. I even have a dress form now. I it's like a super fancy professional dress form that's like perfectly fitted to my size, and it's that's like I'm tearing incredible. things apart. And sometimes I recruit my parents. Like my poor parents, like have sat down and like cut out flowers for me. Like yes. I, it is so fun, and it is that. It's a beautiful visual, and then it catches people's attention and then they have to know why they have to know more so yeah totally project runway style in fact project runway you should have me on your show (laughs) i know that would be incredible plug anyone that has any connections to project runway manuela baron is going to be on the show i have a serious question for you and i feel like this is something that we all battle day in and day out but do you ever feel like an imposter like do you have imposter syndrome Because you didn't go to school for this. You didn't plan any of this in any of the roles that you're currently doing. Oh, my goodness. Completely. Of course. I feel like everyone who gets to a new level or does something big always has imposter syndrome. I think for me, it really took accepting that I am not perfect. And like I told you, I was obsessive. And I would say that I honestly, for like two years, was perfect. Like I was like the most sustainable person you could possibly imagine within this mold, right? And Now it's shifting and saying, okay, well, that's not me anymore. And sometimes I will, you know, I have a little with big brother, big sister, and she really likes boba tea. And it'll always be like the most random moments where she's like, let's go get boba tea. And I'm completely unprepared. Like, don't have my own cup. Don't have straws. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go drink boba tea. And we're like with a cup of plastic, with a plastic straw. And it's always those moments where I'm like walking around and I'm like, someone's going to see me and recognize me. Like the barista's going to recognize me, something. But it's saying that that that's okay. And I like to share those moments. And I like people to see like, I also have non-negotiables and there are also things that are really important to me and I'm not going to be perfect. But also sharing that like at the end of the day, I'm just a girl. 
Like I was 19 and I decided that I could do something. And I started taking action in my own life and I started reducing how much I consume. I never intended to be like an influencer. I never intended to be an expert. And now it's been really beautiful because I do think I'm an expert. I think I've really grown in this field and learned so much from other people and gained so much knowledge. And now I feel like I can share this, but it didn't start that way, right? Like it started, like I was the girliest girly girl you could ever imagine. And I would like walk into these rooms with like permaculture dudes who like have long hair and like, you know, just imagine the most hippie person you can imagine. And I would walk into these rooms and like my skirt and be like, okay, teach me more about sustainability. (laughs) Because that was the reality. Like I never sought out to be this perfect person. And I think that's the beautiful thing because you don't have to be that. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to study this, but it's a reality. Like as we move forward, we are going to have more and more environmental issues that are impacting our everyday. We are seeing it all over the world and so many communities are currently experiencing it. Like the rivers are covered in plastic. Like I got to spend time with a Vietnamese community who literally can't even fish in their own rivers anymore because they're just that polluted. And so it's a conversation that's going to continue, but knowing that you as a person, like you don't have to be perfect to do something about it. You don't have to be this like perfect influencer. You can just be you. You can just be the girl gone green. Come join me. We got this. (laughs) Well, you're stuck with me. So I'm really thankful that we have at least the next year, if not more, time to just learn from one another and to spend together and to just celebrate all of the impact that we're hoping to make, especially in this new decade of life. Manuela, where can everyone find you and connect with you and just learn more about what you do? Yeah, so I'm the girl gone green on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can write me there and I'll respond to all your weird questions like, what about toilet paper? I feel like that's the most common question I get. What about toilet paper? <laughs> what about Let's toilet paper? <laughs> you can get plastic free toilet paper or recycled toilet paper, or you can do my favorite thing, which is install a bidet, and they're amazing. I'm serious. Wow. A bidet, everyone. Wow. I will make everyone. this a trend in 2020. Get your yourself a bidet. (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just sharing your inspiring story and just causing us to maybe pause and think a little bit deeper. It is so invaluable and so needed. I'm so excited to see what else we can do. Thank you so much. And thank you so much. I feel like, you know, honestly, everyone, she kept me going through that entire photo shoot for Ari. Like she would whisper in my ear and say like funny things. And it is just so nice to have you as a part of our team and just like be able to to have this conversation with a new audience and people who might not know about it and just know that you know every single small action you take can have a huge impact in the long run. I'm so excited to just keep making changes and keep learning from you. Thank you, girlfriend. Is anyone else just feeling inspired to just do a little bit better? One of the things that I love about Manuela is she's imperfectly leading women and others to just think a little bit more. I know for me, sustainability sometimes just feels impossible. It's like, what can I possibly do to make a difference? But I hope after listening to this conversation today, you're feeling just a little bit more inspired to start small and work big. It's just like everything else in life and business, right? We start small, we take imperfect action, and we keep on getting better. And I think we all have a chance to just simply be better. 
I'm so excited to get to know Manuela on a new level this year as we get to be airy real role models together. And I'm so grateful for her for imperfectly leading this charge so that we can follow along, learn and be inspired. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. And if you haven't yet, would you take a second to leave a review? Simply just hit subscribe and leave a review. I read those words every single week. And it's a perfect way to say thank you to our incredible guests for coming on the show, sharing their stories and inspiring all of us as a community. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 